Hey everyone, yep, it's Peter from the Manchester City podcast. Man City Voice? Man City Voice. I think that's the voice. I think that's the, 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 the brand I came up with. Man City Voice. Yeah, this is Peter from Man City Voice. Welcome, welcome to the podcast uh, to the first podcast. Just wanted to say uh, welcome. Yes, this is the very, very first one. Um, so hopefully this community is going to grow, get lots of listens over time, and we're just going to have a good, good old time talking about City. Hearing my voice, hopefully hearing your voice in the long term. I'm going to get my dad involved, uh, my uncle, big City fans, season ticket holders at the Etihad. And, and yeah, we'll just crack on talking about City, the latest news, the latest goings on, thoughts, feelings, uh, everything about the club really. So the first one, um, and this is after an England game, so it's a bit of a weird one, but just want to say the first, first topic of the day, Raheem Sterling for England. Every City fan knows how good Raheem Sterling is, how good he's been last season, how good this, pretty much how good he's been since since he came to City really, never really too much out of the goals or involved in goals, always there thereabouts, pace to burn, really good close control skill, movement is unbelievable and last night topped it off a couple of England goals, yet yeah, it's a long time coming. Um, and he definitely should have scored for England before now um, but the fact that he scored two goals yesterday one of them being an absolute rifle finish into the into the far corner past David De Gea as well um, which made it even sweeter from my point of view especially that look anyone see that look the look that De Gea kind of almost oh the look of I don't know what it was it was almost like a look of defeat humiliation a kind of Oh, he went in that car. Oh, oh. He kind of wasn't almost ready for the shot, or he was expecting it to go near post, but it actually flies in the far corner, top bins. It literally had no chance. Even I think if he was standing in that corner, I don't think he would have had a chance to save that. So, yep. Sterling, and just an all-round good performance. And you would have seen some of you, um, I did retweet this on my at Soccer PM um, Twitter handle. The, the vote that they did on the BBC website would put Ryan Sterling as man of the match just ahead of Kane and Rashford so yeah well deserved I think Sterling was man of the match um, I think it was close there was a few other contenders like I said Rashford did really well did really well for the goal obviously set Sterling up for the assist I think Rashford his pace and his kind of his skill when he's got um, when he's got pace to move into when he's got space to move into with his skill um, and his pace I think he really, can be really really effective um, and Kane just done a really, really good job for the team. I mean, this is the guy. I kind of feel with Kane that you kind of want to. You almost don't want to like him. Um, I mean, <laughs> kind of getting into it, a bit judgmental, but you know, the, the kind of the way he talks, um, <laughs> which, you know, that kind of weird kind of mumbling, almost kind of like spitting through his mouth. Um, I mean, the Spurs song, one of one of our own. I mean, it's, it's just the worst song ever. <laughs> just the, oh, he's one of our own. Just makes you want to shoot a Spurs fan. I'm sorry, Spurs fans. Not with an actual gun. Maybe kind of a Nerf gun or a Nerf war over that, over that particular song. Terrible song. And almost kind of like his the way he goes about um, his game. Not probably the most naturally gifted player. Clearly, um, 
but actually kind of like in La- La- reminds me of Lampard in many ways obviously he plays a very different position but reminds me of Lampard in a way maybe not the most kind of fluent in terms of his movement the way he moves about a pitch but a really really good and st- strong um, team player and oh boy can he hit a shot obviously he didn't really have any, any shots or anything yesterday but in many ways just reminds me of Alan Shearer Harry Kane does a really really you know, everyone's like, every time I watch him I kind of like something new about him so I kind of I want to don't I want to dislike him but I can't dislike him I love him he's amazing golden boot winner I mean even when he's playing crap in the World Cup like he did he wins the golden boot this guy can do almost no wrong um, and I love him great I think really good captain sets the right tone and despite the way he talks I'm sorry Kane but yeah not a big fan of that because you get forward you get put forward for a lot of for a lot of press conferences and fair play to you you're right still kind of fairly young and you've been put forward for a lot of um after post-match um you know kind of breakdowns and talks and things um you get you definitely get your fair share so maybe it's just that maybe you just get you're kind of too too much in the in my face. You too much in my face and I don't like it. So get out my face, Kane. Just stick to the pitch. Keep setting up those goals. Keep scoring the goals. Um, and we'll be all right. We'll be friends. So, yeah. Uh, another kind of another mention, I'll say Barkley. Um, Barkley yesterday played really, really well. Kind of, He's been a little bit in and out of the Chelsea team, but played quite a lot of minutes this season. So, um, but yeah, just kind of gone from strength to strength, really, I think, with, with Barkley in this performance. I think generally is a kind of general comment um, I think Pickford you know, like having a couple wobbles you can kind of definitely see why he's the England goalkeeper especially the way we want to play and play out and obviously a couple of those kind of long range passes led to goals so pretty much um, I don't think there's any question that Pickford should be number one the defence um, I'll just a special shout out to Joe Gomez I mean that lad it just looks so smooth the way I mean a little I think there's one mistake potentially at the beginning of the match but other than that a pretty kind of uneventful night had to be strong when he needs to be used his pace kind of awareness that kind of thing in my eyes the, the number for me the back two going forward it is going to be a back two should be should be Stones and Gomez two absolute quality players great on the ball I mean you know fair play to Maguire everybody loves Maguire um, you know, he should be a builder or a, or a plumber or something, but no, somehow he's become a professional footballer. He um, kind of reminds me of Richard Dunn in many ways, but I think Dunny was faster. Definitely, Dunny was faster. I mean, Dunny over the Dunny over the first kind of like four, maybe five or ten yards, not not great. Let's be honest. He, it took a while to get going. Once Dunny was going, I mean, he was a, he was a flying machine, wasn't he? He was a, it was like that for that um, former Irish prop. He was an absolute beast once he got going. Um, but yeah, I think going forward, Stones and Gomez for me um, as that as that centre back partnership. And then in the fullbacks, then we've got a couple of really good youngsters in Chilwell and Alexander Arnold. Um, Chilwell again, so and he's just classy, isn't he? Chilwell reminds me of um, of Lizarazu for France. Is that, does that no no? Have to be a certain particular vintage to uh, to remember Lizarazu, but I th- to be honest, I don't know. He's just classy. I think he's going to get. He'll get a move definitely in the next couple of years if Leicester don't don't progress or kind of cement their position in maybe the kind of top six of English football. Oh, kind of highly doubt, but you never know. But I think Chilwell's he's on for bigger and better things. He's a very classy player, and I think even if he was never the main left back, 
you could always rely a bit like kind of like a Wayne Bridge type player where he kind of you know if he plays he's never really going to kind of let you down he might not do anything that spectacular but I think actually he's got more t- I think he's got more about him than someone like a Wayne Bridge but um anyway really good right back obviously we've got Trippier you know Trips um doing his thing again last night I think he was left a little bit on the left I don't know whether it was I don't want to kind of you know dig out winks but I kind of feel like the space that Spain had on our right hand side and their left hand side was perhaps because of wings but I, I'm not sure um, I think all the players on that pitch last night probably say wings was probably the, the the player that didn't stand out the most um, I just don't know what he brings at this moment he looks kind of nice and tidy in some areas but he's just not outstanding and unfortunately when you're not outstanding at one particular thing um, I, you know, you, you're gonna struggle. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of if if you haven't got one thing that can say, you know what, he is absolutely brilliant at X, scoring, saving, passing, um, you know, whatever it is, tackling, whatever. He's not amazing at anything. I don't think that that, that wins. But you know, a nice and nice tidy player. Perhaps I kind of feel like his type of players. He's going to be a lot better when he's in like kind of four or five years' time. He's just going to be. He's, he's, I think he'll kind of sharpen up his game, especially his kind of like mid to short, short passes, be quicker. He's going to be able to find space a bit more, and I think he'll be a lot more effective, perhaps by the, than maybe the next World Cup. Um, who else? Dyer. Um, I'm just not a big big fan of Dyer. I think he played quite well actually, but I think as a as a as a general um, observation of that England um, side. Last night, I would say the the, the keeper I'm happy with the, the defense. I think any combination of the probably the players that I've just mentioned, brilliant. I think we're we're kind of we're looking pretty strong in that area. Um, this that strike force um, or that kind of three three pronged attack of having a central striker in Kane and kind of two wide men. I think without question that's going to be Rashford and Sterling um, for the time being. But who knows going forward? You've got Sancho, Hudson Odoi. Um, you've got that Arsenal young know, Reese Nelson. So you've got, you know, maybe not right now, but in kind of two, three, four years' time, you've got players that can really kind of just fit, jump into those uh, those spaces and know exactly what they're doing. So we probably playing a bit like Sancho plays a lot from the kind of the left um, on for Dortmund um, and can play on the right as well. He kind of loves that that cut in. But anyway, so but yeah, the big the big problem area for me uh, is that midfield. I mean, Dyer, he's just, for me, just not, and he's just not kind of world class, I mean, world international class, is he? I mean, he's, he's kind of reliable, but there's just nothing special about him. I mean, if you kind of look at that, um, that, that Spain side, um, you've got, you know, Thiago Alcantara, who just, I mean, he just oozes class, and he kind of, you know, playing that kind of middle... Um, central area I just don't I don't know I mean and the problem is you've got you can kind of play Henderson there and I think to be fair because of Henderson's mobility and not even though I'm not the biggest Henderson fan again he's one of those kind of annoying players a bit like kind of Harry Kane you like almost like want to dislike him but the more you watch him you kind of think actually you're alright aren't you you're not too bad and yes he's got his kind of shortcomings but actually that that position, that, that the kind of the front three that we played yesterday would have worked really well with someone like Henderson because he's got that long range of pass. Where he obviously fails is where he kind of has that has to has to think um, 
about his pass if he's given more space or in those kind of tight areas where maybe he doesn't open his body up um, and kind of and he's able to kind of riddle you know fluidly like a kind of David Silva or something like that kind of take the ball either, almost like either foot any di- any position any direction and 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 keep the ball moving and keep that kind of play flowing he hasn't quite got that but I think that kind of because he's get about the pitch he's got great awareness a good tackle on him he kind of works really hard for the cause and he's got a really good long-range pass as well I think he would be I think he would be perfect at this moment in time for that kind of key pivot position in the middle um, and then yeah I think Barkley if he keep carry, carries on he potentially could could be there but again not convinced really at all with Winks um, I think you know the kind of the obvious one although just is, I'm yet to see perhaps where he's going to play in kind of the long long term but um, obviously, obviously Foden yet again showing for the under-21s just how good he he's going to be. I mean, the kid, it's his debut for the under-21s, you know, just barely turned kind of 18 only a few months ago and he's absolutely running the show. I mean, I don't, I don't think he got man of the match and that went, might have went to Lutman, but um, he's just he's just running running the show. And it's easy to get carry, carried away with um, with some youngsters. It's happened before. I remember I thought Joe Carl was going to be kind of almost like, you know, Ballon d'Or, World Player of the Year, all those years back, Jermaine Pennant, kind of the same thing um, when they're that young and they kind of look so good at a young age. But just something about Foden is kind of control on the boys' awareness and just little things. I mean, remember, the, you know, the, the game against Oxford not so long ago now where he's... Um, you know, he's created a couple. Of, he basically created the creator of of the two, you know, two, two of the three goals, and then that finish. It's just that for me, that finish kind of sets him apart in many ways. And that's not even his main, his main get his his main game. But for me, when you have a finish like that, when it's so, such a nice hit, so true, such so in the corner, giving the goalkeeper no chance. But you could have. You know, it's it's almost you know you're running onto that ball. You know this is potentially your first goal for City, your boyhood club. You know, all of us that are kind of City fans would dream of that moment when you're kind of one on one with a keeper, or you just got the keeper in front of you, um, and you're just about to score for City. And he just had the almost like the presence of mind to think, you know what? I'm in. I'm just going to smash this in the corner as true as you like, straight as an straight as an arrow. So I think yeah, Foden's going to occupy that central position. Whether that's with kind of two players behind him, um, or maybe he kind of plays on the kind of for me, I'd play him on the, the right hand side. I remember watching him for um, for the England under 17s at the World Cup, and he kind of generally played on the right hand side, and he was just devastating. He'd come inside, get involved in playing play in the central, um, but kind of go go wide if he had to as well. Um, and he was just absolutely dead. So I kind of think they're kind of from a central area, but perhaps on the right hand side. So maybe kind of Henderson in the pivot um, with uh, with perhaps maybe yeah Barkley and Foden something like that. I know Barkley played kind of the left hand side, Foden on the right hand side. I think that kind of works works well, uh, especially with cross field balls and things like that. With Foden's Foden's good left peg. So yeah, I mean, I just yeah, I just not really kind of big on the, on on City players yesterday in terms of that England match, but. So I just thought I'd do do a quick review because I just feel like I mean I don't know just again go back to Sterling he's he's just brilliant I mean he's just I don't think he's ever going to be that player that you could probably say yeah he's maybe the top ten players in the world or top five players in the world um, 
but may, I mean, be so. I mean, let, you know, this Gary Lineker put a tweet out last night, obviously confirming which a few of us probably known already. But um, Gary Lineker at, at Raheem Sterling's age hadn't even made. Don't even think he either hadn't made his debut or hadn't scored for England. Um, so <laughs> you kind of put that into put that into perspective. I think that was kind of was that um, Sterling's kind of fifth or sixth goals, I think, last night. So he's already ahead of the, the top goal scorer, well, number two now, obviously, really past him, but one of the top goal scorers for England um, of all time. So he's kind of, so you kind of think of it that way. And bear in mind, he's not a main striker, so that's not even his kind of his main, um, his, I suppose his, his main goal, I guess, or his main aim, I suppose, you know, it's always, it's, it's either too great or score, or just be involved in really kind of good, progressive, positive play. So, yeah, I just, just, you know, hats off to Sterling. All the abuse he's had, all of the, um, you know, from is the, the the issues he's had when leaving leaving Liverpool, um, and all of the abuse he's had from the Liverpool fans. I'm warranted. I mean, yeah, yeah, fair enough. And maybe in the first season or two, but now, I mean, he's still still getting booed. It's kind of it's it, it's a bit pathetic, a bit ridiculous. Especially some of the the backlash he's received online with the kind of you know Liverpool fans um, posting. You know, that horrendous tackle by Lovren on Sterling. You know, that, that's a leg breaker on another day. There's no, there's no other word for it. It's, it's an absolute leg break. It's a disgraceful tackle. Um, and and you've got, you know, Liverpool fans. And it's not just Liverpool fans. These are, like, official Liverpool supporter kind of, like, Twitter and YouTube channels posting this video. It's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. This is an England international. Liverpool do realise that they are a club playing in the English Premier League. That, that's right, yeah? Yeah, they're playing the English Premier League. I mean, I know they haven't won the league for a while, so they may kind of got a bit confused as to which country they're actually trying to win the league for. But absolute disgrace, some of these kind of, was it Red Men TV or whatever it was, posting, posting that video. Yeah, you get your individual idiots that are going to post that and kind of, you know, to get... Bit kind of clickbait, get views, whatever. Fair enough, but kind of these kind of unofficial, official kind of fan channels um, that are kind of fairly successful as well. Um, a post posting that crap, you just, you just kind of think, what, what are you doing? So he's had that. He's had all the crap that he gets from you know the day, Daily Mail, um, being really judgmental about him and hit the way he goes about his life. When actually, no one really knows. And to be fair, from the couple of videos that I've seen, his interaction with his family and his sister and things like that, and the things that obviously he's done for his mum that we know are in the in the public things that he's done, where we're going to buy a house, doing you know, doing a bathroom, all that kind of stuff. He's obviously seems like a, kind of a, a, a quite a nice kid. He kind of comes across in interviews as quite a sane, kind of normal person. I mean, he's obviously a bit reserved and kind of the chat is very kind of football orientated kind of straight down the line kind of chat um there's no kind of like real kind of personality i would say when it, it, in his interviews i think it's a bit of a shame um because i think in some of the kind of non-football videos that i've seen it does definitely have a personality and that kind of comes out but you know sod them fuck them basically um so yeah i just think what he's had to put up with and okay you know people say, oh, he's a multi-millionaire getting paid all this money. But, you know, these are human beings at the end of the day. If you were criticised that much and you were castigated that much and persecuted in the media, I don't... Would you Would you seriously be able to ha- say that you would be able to handle it as, as, as well as he had? I'm not sure. I'm not sure you will. So, I'm not sure you would have done. I definitely, I definitely would not have been able to. So, 
Um, just yeah, hats off to Sterling. I mean, he's he's, he's my man. I, I think he's without him in the team, City are a, diff, a, a different team. And it's not saying that I think you know from my 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 own personal perspective. And I'll put this on my um, on my my Twitter handle at Soccer PM. Um, I said that actually, I think someone like Sane could actually potentially be if he continues down the the um, the road that he's going as a potential even kind of Ballon d'Or winner. Very much does remind me, so especially some of his kind of like power play kind of actually he's kind of you know running um, at pace, just absolutely going going past players and some of his finishes and even that you know that kind of ridiculous move again. I think it was Newcastle um, last season where he's kind of literally jinked in and out of about four or five players and they just laid it off and I think Silver or something. I think was it Silver scored the goal. It just you know I think someone like Sane has got the the, the potential to be a Ballon d'Or winner where whereas I don't think necessarily Sterling has that but I just I, I think you get up and down with, with Sane with Sterling I feel like there's always a chance he's going to do something in a game and it could be something really minor but it might you know might create a chance and the thing that people forget about you know like obviously we talked about the first goal past De Gea which is an absolute rifle amazing finish proves that actually he's not a bad finisher I think for whatever reason he just seems like it's almost like the really really easy ones he just he just can't sort his feet out and I think it's a coordination thing you can always kind of tell by the way he runs that perhaps he's you know he's not the most athletic he's speedy as hell but he's not the most athletic of, of, of people and his coordination is not I would say it's not refined is that probably the right phrase to use but um but yeah, his skill, and I just think overall, I just think he's just brilliant, and he kind of gets in those positions. And this is the point I was going to make. I've lost trouble thought a little bit, but I would say he gets in those positions um, in the box where it's feel it feels like I don't know. It almost kind of it almost feels like it doesn't warrant um, discussion or some kind of analysis that he gets in those positions so much, but. Who else gets in those positions? Nobody else almost in the Premier League. I think uh, Gabriel Jesus is one of those players that does play on the shoulder a lot and likes to get in the box, but kind of fox in the box. He's also got the skills, and I think um, I'm quite looking forward to seeing Jesus over the next couple of months because I think that that substitute appearance against Liverpool was really, really promising. Um, really promising. I think he he delivered in that kind of short, that very short spell, proof that actually he looked bigger, he looked stronger, he looked quicker. Um, obviously, that tried that ridiculous skill down by the box and potentially could have had a penalty. So, yeah, I just think Jesus is looking really good. But, you know, my boy, my boy Sterling, he's doing it again, assisting, scoring goals. He's now doing it for England. People will now see the worth he has. And you just kind of think about it. He's that good that he could potentially be in the England team for kind of nearly like, you know, eight to ten years. That's at least two more World Cups, at least kind of maybe two or three European Championships. However many international caps, goals and assists, he's going to be phenomenal. And I think, you know, if he, if he carries on in this way, in the way, the way that he is, he's, he's going to do something crazy um, in, in terms of his kind of his overall, his overall power. But like I said, he's, because he's not everyone's cup of tea and he's probably not quite refined in the way that you would like a kind of hazard is that you know a refined polished skillful he's just effortless absolutely beautiful to watch Sterling is perhaps not like that but I just kind of in some ways I feel like as Sterling gets older and he gets more confident 
I feel like he might get better at those kind of like close one-on-ones um, and just keep keep doing a bit of kind of like Robin. Um, you know, Robin in his early years, um, the, 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 the Dutch kind of forward, um, attacking midfield forward. He, he was amazing. He was amazing at Chelsea. Remember that Chelsea when Mourinho won the, the league for the first time with Duff and Robin on the wings? Um, and it was it was amazing. He was just you know, a bit kind of similar to Sterling in many ways. But Robin in his in his later years, I mean, how he always had a, a kind of two or three moves that he would always do. A kind of that cut in, the strike from the kind of the edge of the ball, that kind of whip that he had. I don't think necessarily Sterling's got that, but he's definitely got a kind of a nice a nice curl. Obviously, the goal against Southampton, the goal against Arsenal. He's, he's got that kind of nice awareness where he can cut inside quickly and whip it whip it round. I think he's going to score quite a lot of goals in his career doing that. So, yeah, just a bit of a kind of um, a bit of first podcast, a bit of a weird one, but we'll we'll go with it. It's kind of just after the England game, and and yeah, I just think tribute to Sterling, an absolute beast of a performance. Really looking forward to see him in the city shirt against Burnley at the weekend. I think um, I think he's got I think he's got another goal in him there at least. I can I can see I can see him scoring. He's just gonna be uh, he's just gonna be on a high. He's gonna be going past players for fun. He's gonna be getting involved in the play like he always does. Coming off the wing, going wide, finding those runs. Silver's gonna be kind of trying to pick him out. I just feel like it, this is um, this is his kind of, kind of this is his month. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be absolutely on fire. Always looks fit. Always looks sharp. You know you got kind of question and like even like Harry Kane yesterday who. Like I said, put a really good performance for me. He was kind of like, you know, if you're going to give someone a second, like second in, in, in man of the match or the second best player on the pitch for England. For me, Kane was Kane was that man. A, a totally selfless performance. Two assists. Um, worked around, you know, kind of gave uh, Ramos um, and the other centre back Nunes um, a really torrid time. And and for me, yeah, just a really good performance. But he's just he's just not. I don't know, at the moment for me, just doesn't look, not about fit, but it just doesn't look sharp, or it did kind of look leggy, Kane did yesterday, whereas Sterling, he just always looks fresh, <laughs> he just looks fresh, that's the only word you can describe to him, even in like the 90th minute, he's fresh, fresh as a daisy, he's going, going you know, he's closing, closing people, closing players down, and yeah, doing all, all sorts, and I just think, it's, yeah, it's just a, uh, um, he's, he's just he's just mint let's be honest it's just Raheem Sterling is absolutely mint um, so glad we signed him hopefully the, the kind of the contract negotiations will um, will resolve themselves I kind of do, do we really think there are any rumours or kind of uh, truth in the rumours that he's going to go to Real Madrid I can't see it I can't see it as a fit for him. I can kind of see it as a, he's a really ambitious player um, and he wants to maybe make the most of, uh, maybe kind of either, you know, taking money from the game and giving himself the best chance to kind of win additional honours and different kinds of honours and, you know, go into another country, learn different language and culture and that kind of thing. You can kind of see it from that point of view perhaps, but I just kind of feel it doesn't, it's just not, for me, it doesn't kind of feel right. Sometimes, you know, when these transfers happened like all those years ago, like McManaman to Real, Beckham to Real, yeah, it fitted. And then you were like Michael Owen to Real, 
seriously, Michael Owen to Real Madrid, is that actually a thing? And to be fair to Owen, he actually, when he was fit and when he was playing, actually did all right. He scored some uh, good points at the new Camp. Um, I remember him scoring against Barcelona for Real. Um, obviously, no, never underestimate Michael Owen. For me, if he stayed fit, he's the, the top goal scorer for England of all time. There's no doubt about it. He easily gets another kind of 20 goals on top of what he already had. Easy. Um, but, you know, it wasn't to be. Injuries curtailed his career. Um, like he mentioned, I think it was on BT Sport. Quite an, in, uh, quite an interesting insight into him and his mentality and his career and how when he snapped his hamstring, how much of a different player he was. And in some ways, that's kind of the, the beauty of these really amazing players that actually they're, they, for so long, they have these kind of skills that they can, they rely on. But for Michael Owen, he kind of lost that in terms of that extra pace, but was still that kind of fox in the pox predator goal scorer was able to um, make the most of his talent. Obviously, I'll never forgive him for that ridiculous um, finish at Old Trafford to make it 4 3. Absolute knob. But anyway, other than that, quite like the fella uh, before he signed for United. Uh, but anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that's what we'll do. We'll call that. Um, we'll call that day. This is the first, the first of many, hopefully, um, Man City view, Man City Voice podcasts. So yeah, this is the first of many Man City Voice podcast. Um, get involved. Get involved in the conversation. At me uh, um, on Twitter at Soccer PM um, and at Man City at Man City Voice. So yeah, we've um, yeah, good stuff. See you later. Get another one out there shortly. Thanks a lot. Cheers, guys.